0: Obviously, kicking off our vision series today. This will be for the next four weeks. Going to take time to just really lay out the vision of Life Church X. What God is saying, really, what the vision has been from the beginning of our inception, our plant, um, but also what that is kind of looking like right now in 2022, and, and really uh, in the next over the next couple of years, we feel like we're getting vision and direction from the Lord on that. But let me begin by saying this. Um, I want to talk about the importance of vision first, because I don't know if sometimes people underestimate or they're just not tuned into this significance, um, but vision is critical, right? God really makes that clear for us that we need to be led by a vision, that God has a vision for his people. Uh, we are not directionless or aimless, Say it that way. The, uh, books, the Proverbs says that without a vision that people perish, right? They, they're, they're going nowhere. They're directionless. They're led astray without a clear vision from God. The prophet Habakkuk says that uh, we must write down the vision on tablets and make it clear so that those who read it can take it and run with it. Uh, we must be led by a vision, and a local church, we really believe, is, is called to be led from a God-inspired, God-breathed vision that the Lord gives this. And, and the local church has a vision that's really their context and expression of working out the Great Commission in their era, their location, their generation. And, uh, and obviously, God is... is given that to us. But I just want to share this story with you about why it's so important to have a vision and to be led by a vision. You know, the the great evangelist, Billy Graham, there was a story where he went to a city one time for a big crusade down at the convention center of the city. And while he was there during the day, he had some downtime, so he thought he would run some errands and he was out walking uh, and he couldn't find his way to the post office. So he stopped a young boy And he said, excuse me, young man, could you help me? I'm a bit lost. Could you give me directions uh, on how to get to the post office? So the young boy proceeded to tell him which way to go, which streets to turn on. Reverend Graham said, thank you very much, young man. And then he turned back around and said, by the way, if you'd like, you could come down to the convention center tonight and you can hear me giving everyone directions on how to get to heaven. The little boy thought about it for a second and he said, No, I don't think I'll be there. You don't even know how to get to the post office. So, a vision is important, isn't it? We have to be led by a vision. At Life Church X, we say our vision is to raise up game changers. And God put that in our heart from the very beginning. And a game changer is someone who is thriving and flourishing in their God-given purpose. And and we're here, we exist to raise people up to to fulfill what God has put on their life, his vision for their life. And I like it because it's it's basically saying our vision is to help people fulfill their vision. That's really what it's about. It's to help people discover they have a God-given purpose and destiny to equip them and to empower them to be able to thrive and walk that out, mobilize them for the works of service, the anointing and the calling and the gifts that God has placed in their life to be operative. Listen to me, and this is the major point, so that the kingdom of God may be advanced here on the earth, right? We all are hooked into that vision right there. All of our visions align with that vision. But it's so important, would you agree, that people understand sons and daughters of God that their Creator, their Heavenly Father, has a purpose for their life. Isn't that important? That is is so essential that people recognize that, that yes, He has a purpose and a destiny for us. He's got works for us to do here on this earth. He's got gifts and talents that He's placed in us. He's got passions. He's asking us to, to put the kingdom first in our mission of how we go about things. Uh, he wants to do great and mighty things through you in your lifetime to advance heaven here on this earth. That's a huge deal. In fact, let me read. I've got multiple verses, but I'm just going to give you one this morning uh, that speaks to God having a purpose for each and every person's life. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. It says, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Holy, meaning it's Heavenly. Your calling is not of earthly origin. It's of heavenly origin. And it's not according to our works, thank God, <laughs> but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus, listen to this, before time began. Now, you could probably ponder on this for hours, and it's, it's still just going to blow your mind and overwhelm you. But think of it this way. God's purpose for your life, your destiny, it was on the heart of God before He assigned time into motion. Before He even set the planets into orbit, your purpose was already on His heart. Isn't that amazing? Before time began. There's other verses that say that same thing in the Bible. Before time began, Christ was thinking about you. Oh, man. Your purpose is eternal. Really, this life here on earth from birth to physical death, it's just like a short little set of hash marks, and I want to run it well, but everything about our purpose is eternal. It's, it's actually going to go on beyond this life, praise God. It's not an end, it's a transition, and in that part of eternity, there's no sickness, there's no pain, there's no death, there's no tears, there's joy, there's the fullness of the presence of the Lamb, it's paradise. It's paradise. Your loved ones who've gone on before you who know Christ, you'll be reunited with them and see them, and we'll worship together for all of eternity. How's that land on you today? That's pretty good, isn't it? God has an amazing purpose for us. And so we want to raise people up to thrive in that. You know, not, not to just be in this place where they have a dry, mundane spiritual life, but they're really thriving. Because when we raise people up to walk in their God-given purpose and destiny, when they're being game changers, here's what's really happening. The mission of the church is to raise people up and equip them strong so that we can go out into society and be game changers. So that we could be, and the church can be, the most influential people in all sectors of society, right? Civil engineers will tell you there's seven different stratas or sectors of a society business, government, schools, family, media, faith. uh, I forget the seventh one off the top of my head, but there's these different sectors of society. Here's the interesting thing. As people of God, we we rub and move in all of those, don't we? And the idea is that we're supposed to be salt-flavoring every one of those places. So if it's dry and mundane in our lives, there's really no change happening for God in these areas. But if we're living purposeful lives then salt and light is actually being dispersed and dispensed in all these places. And it could be said that the church has the strongest voice in a community or in a society. It's not a foreign concept. In the days of our founding fathers in America, when pioneers would settle around the country, they would set up a village, a few dozen people typically. You know what the very first thing that they would typically do in a community? They would erect a church. And they'd build a school, maybe a commissary. But the point is, the church was the pillar of the community. God's voice and his word were revered. And it was changing, it was inviting a blessing over that area and over that people. We are here to raise up game changers to be that kind of impact in the world around us. And we believe the Lord has put a special, you know, just calling on us. It's special because he's given it to us and in uh, the way we go about it. And it's that God wants to do this in a way where he uses our church to have a regional impact for the body of Christ. We just feel like the Lord has spoken that he, we would have a regional impact that God would uh, call us to raise people up all over the region, not just in one isolated community, but all over the region so that there'd be an increase of God's presence and just a fire that would be released over a larger span of land, people, and area for God here in our generation. Uh, And so our our strategy for going about that, to be able to accomplish that, is through a multi-site expression, right? And it's not because multi-site is cool or that just, I mean, frankly, it's challenging and it's a lot of work. Um, It's not just like, oh, that sounds good, let's do that. We, we feel like the multi-site expression of one church in, other loca- in many locations is a way for us to begin to bring up people in an, a condensed area throughout our region to really make this impact over the next number of years. And so uh, I can't stress enough this language. We are one church with one vision in many locations, right? We're not uh, many churches. That would be self-governing, in uh, own independent vision. That, you know, churches relate to one another. We have lots of relationships with other churches that have their own governance, that have their own vision, but we're one church in multiple locations. So it's one family, right? So when, when we're praying, when we're moving, we're all moving together, just like you have multiple members of your household. Everybody's kind of individual, but we're all going together. We all go there together, And that's the way the Lord has called us to go about this. And so, um, you know, we're moving forward now into this expression of a campus model. Uh, We're moving and doing things to position ourselves to be able to accomplish this vision. And I should say we're responding to the leading of the Lord and He's moving us into position uh, in order for us to accomplish this. The, The facility here in Waterloo, the campus in Jerseyville all over the last couple of years are major advancements and major steps forward for us to move into that place. And a lot of people have asked me this question in in the church and out of the church, like, hey, you know, you took on a campus in the middle of COVID. Um, You guys are buying a, a new building and going in a renovation project. Like, do you really feel like this is the right time to be expanding and doing all these things? I've been asked that quite a bit. And I, it's a very fair question. And I've had to think about it a lot and I've had to pray about it a lot. And here's where we keep landing is that you know, we pray and we seek the Lord and we talk with our elders and say, man, God is, God is leading us to do this right now. He is speaking this. He is moving us forward. I know that a lot of church experts will tell you like the world of the church, the face of the church is changing. What will the church look like over the next number of years? We're not sure. Should we kind of just hold off, stay put and wait to see what happens? All I can tell you, we're not waiting around for the experts to figure that stuff out. We're just not. We're going after the vision that God has set before us. And I'm gonna spend some time really talking in detail in week four uh, about just the progression of our expansion process over the next couple of years, the expansion of facilities. A big part of what our campus model will look like is that it's going to, to be resourced and set up uh, to be a, like a community center is the best term that I can think of to explain it. It's going to be a place where there's a lot of activity. High emphasis on the next generation and what's going on with the young people. Strong emphasis on community partnerships and relationships where there's activity, there's things flowing in and flowing out, but the church and where the presence of God is being hosted is the fountainhead of everything and then that's flowing out life into all the different areas of community. And all of our campuses will take on that that shape and that feel of being that community center. So in week four, when we do that, after service, we're still working out the details of this, but uh, we're going to have like a tour. So construction will still be going on. We won't be moved in to our temporary space, but after after second service, anybody that wants to come by, just do kind of a quick 10, 15-minute walkthrough and tour of the facility, try to have some of the blueprints up in the lobby so you can see what the renovations are going to look like. Uh, We're going to do that. So just maybe keep that in mind for that weekend of the part four of the vision series. And not only facilities and infrastructure are a part of the the process, but, you know, and even more importantly, are the people and God raising up people, amen, uh, into strong places of leadership, new anointing, new calling, new level of just walking in things that God has for them. And uh, the Lord has really done that. In just the last year, and I, I might even be miscalculating here, but I tried to go through and count. Like in the last year, uh, the Lord has raised up in both campuses combined 11 people who have moved into new levels. Of leadership, new levels of responsibility, overseeing departments or ministries or teams here in Life Church X. Uh, that's a pretty significant move, actually, is to see 11 people that have really been raised up strong into a new level of calling, responsibility, and oversight in the house of God. I'm really excited to tell you that one of those big moves as we move towards the campus model. Uh, is that we have made the decision to uh, appoint Pastor Guy as the campus pastor of our Waterloo location going forward. Which means that he's just gonna continue to take on a, a greater level of responsibility and oversight, care, and shepherding uh, for the people. And I'm just so excited. He, he and Kelly, I mean, you can just see it on them, can't you? God has just really put an anointing on them, and they're thriving in that. Uh, and the lord just has a lot for you guys in the future. I know Pastor Holly will be our campus pastor in our Jerseyville campus going forward from this point on. And many others. And so just really excited and I would just present this question to each and every one of us here every one of you that what is what is your place that god is leading you to to take in the body of Christ? Because it's Biblical. We all have a place, a member in the body of Christ. We're not spectators, right? We're not watching from the sidelines cheering our friends on. Like, we all have a part in this thing. What is the place that God is leading you to take in the body of Christ to advance his kingdom through your life? What a privilege. Are you ready to accept that? What is the next level of that look like? What is God saying and what is he? doing there. And lastly, just a few things regarding resources and tools uh, to kind of help us move things forward. We are challenging our church for everyone to really make this commitment. Pray and, and seek the Lord. Don't make this commitment flippantly. Uh, that This would be a year, 2022, that you would be able to look back and say, this was the greatest year of spiritual growth that I've ever had that this was the greatest year of spiritual growth that I've ever had. And I believe that we will uh, be able to see a lot of people who will be able to make that statement by the end of 2022. And if we have a large number of people who can say that, can you imagine advancement that will happen through God's people here at Life Church X over this year? And so one of the things we did last year is we worked really hard throughout the year, our pastors, our media team, Uh, really behind the scenes, put hours and hours of effort into this, we constructed a brand new website and it's live now. You can go check it out, lifechurchx.com. And on that, it's not just a new website with a new look. We updated all of our logos and um, all of our branding and everything, kind of gave it a fresh look for the future going forward. Everything's a lot more digitally applicable for the things that we'll do online, stuff like that. Uh, but in the site, we developed a lot of tools and resources that are interactive that are geared towards discipleship. And one of the very important ones that I want to tell you about today and invite you to check out and, and actually go through is a resource called Growth Track. So you can write that down, Growth Track. And if you just go to our website, you can see on the screen, that's the. That's the landing page for the Growth Track resources. If you just go to the homepage of the website, scroll down the homepage, you'll see the hyperlink for the Growth Track page. You can just click on it right there; it'll take you there. All right, this is a, this is three-step process, and the first step is becoming a game changer. There's four videos there. The second step is called Next Steps, which I think there's 14 videos there. And then step three is growing deeper, which is really just keep growing for the rest of your life. We're going to build that content out more as the year goes on. But the, the point of this is I had a lot of people ask me, um, How do I become a member of Life Church X? Right? And every church has to figure out what their membership process is going to look like and how they go about that. I think that's for every church to pray and figure out how they want to do. Um, for us, it really comes down to this. You know, do you align with the vision of the church and do you align with the doctrine of the church? And if you do, is there, this is very important to me, do you get a witness from the Holy Spirit that this is where you're supposed to be? Because in order for you to know you're supposed to be in a church, I think you have to agree with the vision and I think you have to agree with the doctrine. Does it make sense? And so the, these series of videos will answer those questions so that people can come out of there saying, is this going to be my church? And okay, now I know what are the next steps to get involved, to get engaged, and to begin supporting the vision of this church through my time, talent, and treasure. Uh, and so these resources are really going to help us. We have a goal this year to have three hundred people complete growth track. We had to, we wanted to set a goal to just kind of measure, just sort of monitor where we're at in this process. Average weekly attendance between both campuses is around 300 as of the fourth quarter of last year. So we felt like that would just be a good number. If 300 people can go through this process, and, and listen, it's not just about, it, it is very much about you know, aligning with the division in, this, in the doctrine, but it's also about the fact that every believer needs to get grounded on some of these foundational uh, principles of Scripture the, the videos talk about baptism, salvation, lordship, serving, Holy Spirit, uh, giving, all these things that we believe very, very firmly this, that Scripture tells us, and they're things that we all need to have a good foundation of in our own lives to be strong in our faith. And so this will help us to move people forward towards the Uh, expression of this goal that this was the greatest year of spiritual growth that I've ever had. And frankly, we ought to be able to say that every year, right? (laughs) And so the the theme of our vision series this year, and and throughout the year really, we'll continue to talk about this, is it's time to grow. It's time to grow. Now, I'm going to leave that slide up there for just a second. It's, it's a little bit of a play on words. I'll just tip you off. Because what we're not really saying is, okay, we're getting a new building. We're getting more space. Uh, let's fill it up with a bunch of people. We need to grow. We need more people. We got to be able to pay for all this. That's, that's not what we're saying. Here's what we're saying. If you look at that picture, the tree Above the surface represents the fruit, represents the branches, represents that vibrancy that you see that's visible, okay? But if you notice beneath the surface, there is a substantial root structure beneath the ground that you cannot see that's not visible to the eye. Does that make sense? Anybody have big trees in their yard, right? You know how much havoc the root systems uh, can inflict, don't you, on your foundation and all that? The roots of a big tree are said to be substantially larger and more vast in the area they cover than the tree above the ground itself is. So here's what we're saying when we say it's time to grow. We're focused on growing people. If we grow people, the church will grow. This is gonna be the greatest year of growth that we've ever had. If people get strong in their faith, we raise up spiritually mature Sons and daughters of God who know their calling, who walk in their calling, who are full of faith, who walk in the fire and power of the Holy Spirit, we know that the church is going to grow as a result of that. It's not just a crowd, it's not just a bunch of people. It's a bunch of people who are walking in and flourishing in the calling that God has for them on their lives. So it's, everybody say, it's time to grow. So, the church, let's talk about this for a second. The church of God, the people of God, are designed and built for growth. God had set this thing in order by his design from the beginning. We could go back to Genesis 12 and we could see God's promise to Abraham, which was this I'm going to make you a great nation your descendants will be greater than the sand on the seashore or the stars in the sky. Through you and your descendants, listen to this, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That's multiplication. You say, well, that's Abraham, and that's the promise to the nation of Israel. Yes, it is. Galatians chapter 5, or Galatians chapter 3 says that if we are, in verse 29 specifically, if we are in Christ, then we are the seed of Abraham, therefore we are heirs to the same promises. That's pretty powerful. So the point of that is God has always had a plan to grow and expand his church and his family and his people on the earth so that his good news and his blessings could be taken to the rest of the people on the earth, all of the nations. The church is designed to grow. Jesus said in the Great Commission, go into all the earth, preach the gospel, and raise up disciples. Get people saved and help them become mature Christians. Go into all the earth, never stop doing that. And you know what's amazing? That's exactly what they did, and multiplication and growth is exactly what happened. Let me just give you a little flurry of Scripture here real fast. These won't be on the screen, but let's look at what happened after Pentecost and the pouring out of the, of the fire of the Holy Spirit, and believers got lit on fire with the power of God, let's look at what happened by way of growth. Acts 2.47, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Acts 5.14, believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women. Acts 6.7, the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem." Acts 16.5, the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. Jump into Acts 17.5, they go to the city of Thessalonica, and you know what they say of the disciples when they arrive? These are those who are turning the world upside down. It's not just people. It's not just a crowd. It's people walking in power and destiny and vision and purpose of God for their lives impacting everything. We know that we are created to grow. We're designed for that. God's wired that into us. It's a part of what we are meant for. And we know that you know when we have kids, if you've raised children, you know this. You you turn around for just a minute and look back. They grew 2 inches, right? I mean, it's just automatic. It happens. They're going to grow no matter what. But spiritual growth is not like that. It's not automatic. It's not just going to happen without the believer making a decision to to pursue that and to desire that. When you look at the Scriptures, it talks a lot about how the role of the church and leaders in the church is to present every man and woman. We know those terms are not gender-specific. It speaks to mankind. To present every man perfect in Christ which doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. We know that. What does that mean? It means to be mature and of the stature and fullness of a believer, which means to become spiritually mature, to be strong. Right? Jesus says many times, He says to to His disciples, O ye of little faith. It doesn't mean non-existent faith. It means undeveloped faith. Our faith needs to grow. Our our relationship with God, it needs to mature. It talks many times in the Bible about how it's not okay uh, to just be on milk for your whole life. We all start somewhere, right? Every new believer is likened to a babe in Christ. But the apostles tell us it's not okay to stay on milk forever. In Hebrews, he says, by this time, you should be on food and you're still on milk. Bunch of disciples walking around with milk mustaches, right? It's like a commercial for milk. He says, it's not okay. We need to grow. And so I want to give you today, I want to give you four areas that are paramount, that are critical to your spiritual growth. You want to make this the greatest year of growth that you've ever had and, and All through scripture and show you how this is is foundational. There are four areas of our lives uh, that are critical, we're pursuing. And they cannot, any of them, none of them can be neglected. Now, there are times where certain ones of these areas God might have a greater emphasis for us on. There's more of a need, there's something deficient for us there, or what he's doing right now requires a, a greater. You know, building up of this area, but none of these areas are to just be isolated and put on the shelf and neglected. They're all meant to be active. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give them to you by way of a statement, a statement that I want to have maybe stick in your mind as you think about it this year. Number one is iron sharpens iron. You're created for biblical community. You're created for biblical community. God's designed us to need and thrive off of having godly relationships at the core of our lives. Do we have relationships outside of that? Absolutely. Remember, salt and light. We, we witness to the world. We help people who are out in the communities. We, all of that. We interact with lots of people, but we all are meant to have a core of relationships that are healthy and godly. The Bible tells us evil company corrupts good habits. Well, in this close Proximity, space. If these relationships aren't godly, biblical, people speaking truth, people holding you accountable, people encouraging you, it's gonna it's gonna cause a deficiency in our growth process. Does that make sense? And so we've got to get planted in local churches. We've got to get planted in biblical community. If it's not here, it needs to be somewhere for sure, right? We've got to get planted. And here's what I've seen over the years. You've probably heard me explain this before. This is a Pastor Rick analogy, and I've never found a better one. And uh, it goes like this. Most people, or not a lot of people, when they come into a church, instead of getting planted in the soil of that garden of that church, they come in like a plant in a pot. And they bring their pot in, and they set their pot down in their chair, and they hear a good message, they hear good worship, Right, And then they pick up their pot, and then they walk out. And so their interaction with the body of Christ outside of Sundays or weekend services is non-existent. And it cannot continue like that. It cannot stay that way. We are meant to get out of that pot and get our roots in the soil and begin to intermingle and intertwine with all of the other root system that's going on with the other believers in that house. We do life together. right? We get planted we don't stay potted. Pretty good, right? Get planted, not potted. I'm just going to give you maybe one thing to think about or pray about as an action step in each of these areas that you could do. Because I, I like to, when people give me inspiration, I also like to know application, right? Give me something to do with that. Here's one thing you can pray about life groups. We're, they're going to be starting here very, very soon uh, in just a matter of weeks. Pray about joining a life group. We've got lots of groups, lots of ages, lots of. Uh, uh, interests, different times, different locations. There's probably one that will fit everybody. It's a great step. Katie and I, when we were new in the church that we came up in, we started attending life groups, still some relationships and friendships to this day that we have from groups that we were in just for eight or ten weeks 20 years ago, people we still know and have friendships with. And those times in our life were very, very critical to our strengthening and our growth. So I would ask you to really pray about that. The second thing, statement, and if you tuned in on last week, you saw this was actually the title of the message, The Great Ones Serve. The Great Ones Serve. Say it like this. Participate with God through your gifts and your talents and your abilities, your time, your treasure. Participate with God and what he's doing through his people. That's what's remarkable, is that God invites us to participate with him in what he wants to do. And our gifts, talents, and abilities, our time, talent, treasure, those all get, get used, and, and God uses those and blesses those things to advance his will. So the great ones serve. We have a servant's heart. We seek of how we can serve it's the kingdom first. Not building my kingdom, I'm trying to build God's kingdom. There's a big difference in those two objectives or or where I've set the compass of my life. Am I trying to build my legacy or am I trying to build God's legacy? I hear a lot of talk about that. Like people are like, you got to build a legacy, you know, you got to you got to make something of your life. And I I understand the language, but ultimately like I'm trying to build God's kingdom. I'm trying to build his legacy. I'm just a part of this thing. I'm just somebody in the process, but he's got something special for me. But that's where I'm setting my sights. It's not down here trying to advance Matt's kingdom. It's God's kingdom. And my service is to that. I'm not serving myself. I'm serving him and I'm serving other people. And that's the direction that we go. So make a contribution. Don't just make a living. I know, you know a lot of people look at what they do vocationally, where they spend 80% of their life for 30 plus years as just making a living, making a paycheck, getting by, paying my bills. Man, that's a great undervaluing of what, of what God could do in that space of your life over that amount of time. Make a contribution, don't just make a living. For many people, it could just be a rewiring and a, a rearrangement of their thought process on what they're doing, where they're doing it right now to bring that change. They don't even need to, ha- need to leave and go somewhere else. They could just overhaul their thinking and how they go about it right where they are and begin to become a servant of the Lord right there in that space. So one thing you could do, take a, take a spiritual gift assessment test. We can help you with that. You don't even know what your passions are. You don't even know what your gifts are. That's a great place to get started. Hey, let's let's see that. And what would be a great, a good ways to give expression to those things in the body of Christ? There's serving opportunities in the local church, serving opportunities in the community, serving opportunities in your workplace where your kids are involved in sports. Maybe you have a passion for teaching and coaching. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could get lit on fire for you, right? And then we're going to do four extreme service projects at every campus throughout the course of this year. We're going to rally together. Inviting, engage as many people as possible in our congregation to go out and serve our community four times this year, extreme service projects, in a way that's going to meet some kind of significant need that's out there, that's going to bless our community. Let's hook up. Let's go one day. Let's serve together. Let's meet, meet new people, serve alongside of each other, just see what God maybe stirs up and, and kind of ignites and sparks in you when you put yourself in position to start serving. We're here to help you with that, but, but take a step. Number three, never stop growing. Never stop growing. And I'm just going to say it, liken this to discipleship, um, feasting on the Word of God. This right here is necessary. Necessary. This is the bread of life. We gotta have it. I study, I prepare so that I can preach and teach you this word every week. God willing, I'm gonna do that for a long time. Amen. but you gotta have a daily diet of this. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I'm better than the manna in the wilderness that your fathers ate. The manna in the wilderness that that God brought down was supernatural. That was bread that sustained them. You know what's interesting about the manna? They had to go out and get it every day. And God intentionally said, I'm going to make the manna for today only. And if, if you don't get it tomorrow, that manna from yesterday, it's, it, you're going to need new manna. Every day there's fresh manna that's available. We need a daily diet. The Word of God. Get into a devotional. Get into a Bible study. Get into a study program in life groups. You know, some people say, well, I'm not a theologian pastor. I don't know how to break down scripture. I don't know how to study. Let me tell you something. There is an anointing on you as a son or daughter of God. It's called the anointing of revelation. It means that you are now uh, equipped with the ability to hear the voice of God, to get insight into his holy word. This is a living, breathing word. It's not like any other book that you're ever going to read. You sit down with a humble heart and say, Lord, teach me. Lord, show me. This thing will read you. It will reveal things to you and God will shed light on things that we need. This is food and sustenance for living in this world. We've gotta have an appetite for the word of God. Gather manna daily. Growth track, another great way. There's tons of scriptures that we reference throughout the growth track videos. Great verses to write down. Go study, memorize those verses on those foundational subjects. So that was three, never stop growing. Number four, have an on-fire relationship with Jesus. And here I'm talking about prayer, worship, intimacy. If you haven't figured out by now, there is a genuine, authentic fire for the Lord in this house. It's relationship, not religion. Jesus is a person. He's not an ideology. He wants a relationship, not a set of rules that we follow. When people are subscribing to rules and religion, they will lack the intimacy and the fire that the relationship is meant to bring. Jesus says, from this point on, I'm calling you friends. I want to get close. We've got to have an on-fire relationship with Jesus. Right? And when it's lacking... Guys, it compromises the testimony. It compromises the witness. The Bible speaks about this. It says that there are those who have a form of godliness but deny or don't know its power. There are some who profess to know Christ but deny him in the way they live their lives. There's lack of power. There's no fire there. That's not attractive to me. I want to I be around people who are on fire for Jesus To the unbelievers in the world, they will be compelled by the fire and authenticity of a genuine relationship with Jesus, not somebody that subscribes to a religion. And we are invited to that. We can have that. We can have that flame stoked. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, and with all your soul, going deeper in our intimacy and our relationship with God having an on-fire prayer life. You're not praying because, you're ha- because you have to. You're praying because you get to, right? Your prayer life is changing your life and the life of people around you. You've got a prayer language. You've got a prayer life. You've got a personal, private worship, revival experience going on with God. There's this ebb and flow between corporate and personal We're here corporately stoking the flames of the manifest presence of God, but it's meant to go with us privately into our daily lives, and we're just drinking from the water of heaven all the time, soaking in the presence of God. (laughs) Say it like this. We get baptized in the fire so that we can get set on fire, so that we can make a difference everywhere that we go. God is functioning in this world, in the fullness of his power, no matter what the question is, are we experiencing the fullness of that? Because he's there, it's, 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 ha- it's like the power grid in the United States, right? That grid is there, there's power happening everywhere, but if we're not plugged in and pulling from that power, you, you'd never be realizing the potential that's available. God is at work on the earth. He's always been, and He always will be reigning. The question is: Are we experiencing the fullness of that relationship with Him that He invites us into? But we got to go deeper, right? We've got to want that. It's not going to just like fall in our laps. Um, I accidentally got close to God. You know, didn't even mean to, and it just happened be nice but it doesn't work that way. I had a moment earlier in the beginning of this year I was praying and just some quiet time some personal time with the Lord seeking him for direction for my own life and where he wanted to take things he wanted to do. Lord said something to me that was really encouraging and it was just awesome. It got me excited. He said, "Son, I want to take you to a new level of passion and creativity." and how you preach and deliver the word of God. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah. I was like, and, and well, hold on. And then he said, I want to take you to a new level of and a passion creativity, how you preach and deliver the word of God, and I want you to start praying for that. I want you to pray for that. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm celebrating. Because, look, of all the things I do, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything that is, to me, is more significant than how I do this right here. Like, this is just... It deserves excellence, and I just I want to do everything I can to, to be worthy of the call, right, and to present it well. And so when he said that, I was just like, yeah, thank you, God, awesome, and like it had already happened, you know? And uh, he's like, well, uh, well, you know, I think you're overlooking something that I said. I said, I want you to pray for it. And I was like, oh, yes, Lord, give it to me, you know? And he's like, well, that's not exactly what I meant, you know? And it was just this real serious moment where the Lord was like, son, this is going to cost you something. I don't think you understand how I'm telling you to pray. I'm telling you to set in on this thing. You're you're probably going to have to clear your schedule in some places if you're going to spend the kind of time praying for this thing the way I'm asking you to. It's this." Beautiful, frankly, mysterious thing to me that God has, has these amazing purposes for our lives, his will for us, that he wants to bring to pass, but he necessitates the engagement of our prayer life in order for it to happen. It's just amazing to me. James says, you have not because you ask not. The Lord made it clear. He's like, I want this for you, but you're, you're gonna have to, this is going to have to be a mission of prayer, you're going to have to set in on this thing and pray for this thing if you want this to come to pass. But it's a great thing that I want to do. Now I want to say this to each and every one of us, the great things that God wants to do in and through our lives, it's going to require a sacrifice of prayer. It's going to require getting closer to God and more time of intimacy with him. It's Probably going to require us to take a step back, evaluate our priorities, where our life is being spent, and make some some decisions. It's probably not gonna just fit right into what we've already got going on for most of us. There's a story I read one time where a group of hikers went on an expedition into the Alps of France. They were going to ascend this mountain called Mont Blanc. And uh, they were on the final day where they were gonna summit and this last trek of the journey was the most treacherous and difficult. Life-threatening, if you didn't do it right. So they had a guide, naturally. The guide sat them down before they headed out that last day, said, here's the deal. You need to get rid of everything in your packs. Everything you have that's absolutely not critical for this journey, you need to shed it right now. You need to get rid of it. Because you're only taking what's necessary for this journey. So they started to do it. Well, there was this one guy that was overly confident, a bit arrogant. He said, I think I'm good. I can do this. And they checked his pack. He had a bunch of blankets. He had a bottle of wine. He had some cheese, a box of chocolates, a couple of cameras, some lenses. He was going to have a party up there. (laughs) The guide said, what are you doing? Get rid of all this. You'll never make it. This is not necessary. Way too much weight to bog you down for this going to need every bit of energy you got. The guy said, I think I can do it. I'll go my own. So he left by himself. The guide and the rest of the hikers did what they were supposed to do. They set out not long after the man that took off on his own. wasn't very long as they began to go up the summit along the trail, what they began to see laying on the side of the road, on the side of the trail. Bottle of wine, box of chocolates, some cheese, some blankets, some camera lenses, They got up to the top and there was the man. He said, I have to apologize, you were right. I needed every bit of energy I had. None of that stuff was able to make the journey with me. So this is the question. This is a challenging question. And I'm, I'm, I'm going through this process myself, so I just say that as I say this to you. Are there things that we need to unload from our packs? Are there things that need to come out this, this deal of making this the greatest year of spiritual growth you've ever had, it's a great thing. But it is going to cost you something. I'd be wrong to sit up here and leave that part out here in this message. What do our priorities look like? What needs to possibly be rearranged to create the space so that we can actually go after these things? So that we have the time in our lives to get deep in prayer to get close to God, to have worship, to have fellowship, to have service. All these things that are critical to our growth. Amen? If you're following me, say, I'm following you. Yeah. I'm following you. All right. And this is the place where I will close today. Um, grow people, grow the church. I, I keep seeing this vision. God's given me this vision probably four or five times now since last fall as he's positioning us move into the next leg of this journey for our church. Of all the things I'm seeing, the thing I'm seeing most frequently is I'm, I'm seeing this dialed in view of the altars of our church, the altars of our campuses. And in the altars, I'm just seeing multitudes of people. I'm seeing people on their knees, on their face, on their I'm seeing people weeping. I'm seeing people crying. I'm seeing people shouting. I'm seeing people being set free. I'm seeing bondages coming off. I'm seeing freedom. It's it's freedom all over the place down here. Our our prayer team and our altar workers are ministering to people. People are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. People are getting set free. People are getting saved. it's, It's a harvest of souls that's coming, it's a harvest. And Jesus made something really, really clear to his disciples. He said, look up. The fields are white. That means they're ripe. The people are ready. But what did he say to pray for? He said, pray for the laborers. Because the wheat, it's ready to come off. These last two years have done something to people. People know pain like they've never known pain before. People know depression, isolation, loneliness, hurt, disappointment, struggle like they've never known it before. These last two years have brought that on. I look out and I see a bunch of I see a bunch of fields that are white. Jesus said, The missing ingredient is not the people, the harvest. The missing ingredient is the laborers. And that's what I'm asking you to pray for. What I'm saying is we grow. We move forward in our purpose. God, grow me. I want to make this the greatest year of growth I've ever had. We will be positioned for God to bring the harvest in. He's not going to bring it in where there isn't available resources to support that. We're just getting into position. And I believe the Lord is getting ready to do a great thing. I studied this because I was just curious. right? I, I like doing market analysis and seeing what's of what the potential and all that is and thought, Lord, I've prayed for a long time for you to give us a tithe of the city. A tenth of the city. Not just people, but spirit-filled on fire Christians. Because that'll leaven the city. That'll leaven the community. That'll spread. And uh he started showing me this altar vision and I was like, what's the what what do we what do we got going on here? In Monroe County, there are 35,000 people. And in Waterloo, there are 11,000. In Jersey County, there are 21,000 people. And in Jerseyville, there are 8,300. This is of the U.S. Census Bureau as of 2020. And uh, a survey and statistic from Gallup Surveys was done in 2021. And it said that church membership is actually down in the last 20 years. 20 years ago, it was 68% of Americans said that they we're a part of or a member of a church, now it's 49%. And only 20% actually regularly attend. So 49%. That tells me half of the population is unchurched and unreached. So in Monroe County, we've got 18,000 people out there unreached. The other ones, I'm assuming, are in good churches. Praise God for that, and we're working with other churches to build strength and relationship. There's still 18,000 of them out there that haven't been reached. In Waterloo, there's 5,500. Jersey County, there's 10,000, and in Jerseyville, there's 4,000. There's a lot of potential. I was reading an article just this last year that said, and I was blown away by this, I had to reread it four or five times to make sure I was reading it right. It said that St. Louis is the seventh most dangerous city in the world now to live in per capita based on murder rate per capita, seventh in the world. Fox 2 last year in 2021 did a review. They said it's the fourth most dangerous city in the United States to live in. There's a lot of darkness around us. Abortion, atrocity of our generation and in our nation. It's got to get toppled. It's got to come down. Uh, 2019, 863,320 babies were aborted. We got to do something about that. That's not okay. Illinois, one of the largest states in the country for abortions, 46,500 up six, uh, five or 6,000 just from the year before as Missouri's laws have tightened and, and abortions are, going, are plummeting, praise God, in Missouri, Illinois are just rising. People are just crossing the river, it's coming over here. That's what I'm saying. Darkness is all around us. We're not running from it. <laughs> we are going to it. We are going to take light into darkness and we are going to see God shine in the midst of chaos that's happening around us. I believe God is setting us up for a great move, for a great harvest. Will we grow? Will we take our place? Will we partner with God and be a part of what He wants to do on the earth now in our generation? As the Bible says of David, he served God in his generation and then he fell asleep I want it to be said of me and my life and of our church, they were hooked right in with the move of God that was happening on the earth at that time. Hallelujah. I want to invite you to just bow your heads now, and I want to pray that, Father God, would you set us on fire, each and every person, Lord. I pray that as I'm certain things have been stoked, that there have been things sparking in people's spirits today today, Lord, you tell us in your word that we should spur one another on to the great works that you have for us. Help us to spur each other on. Help us to be a family. Help us to grow strong together this year, God, to be all that you've called us to be. Help us to see and taste. We want to be a part of seeing and tasting of this fruit of this harvest that you want to bring, God. Show us how to hook in and partner with you. I pray that people's gifts, their passions, I pray for the relationships around them. I pray for their hunger and their appetite for the Word of God. I pray for an on-fire prayer life. I pray for a hunger for the fire of the Holy Ghost, not just being filled once, God, but as the Bible says of the, of the apostles and the disciples and the Amplified, that they will be filled and continually filled throughout their days, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we praise you and we give you honor. And everybody said... Amen.